Women's Health Collective Podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us this month. This has been a really fun month. We've talked about saving your brain, focusing on each of our individual specialties. And this week we're fo- focusing on Julie's specialty, which is grief. And uh, I'm really excited to see what Julie has to share on this. Uh, but before we get started, I just want to remind you to please be sure to uh, like and subscribe and comment and share and all those fun things because the uh, the uh, algorithm doesn't spread unless you're helping it spread. So we really have a goal to, to reach out and help a thousand women this year and we need your help to do it. So I thank you in advance for all of your support and ask for you to continue to do so. And with that, I will turn it over to Julie. Well, hello, everybody. So it's interesting because when you talk about brain health and grief, I think it's something that we don't ever think about, right? We just think about somebody grieving and they're sad. um, And we don't look at how grief affects our body, but really it's, it's a huge complex uh, and it's an emotional complex really where they, your grief and the brain actually tie together. And it's, kind of a point in our life where we have to understand what is it that we're going through and then how is it affecting the brain because you know brain fog is a real thing when people go through a traumatic experience whether it's grief or something else I mean that that brain fog is is a real and I think sometimes even grief can be triggered by a loss of someone It can even be by the loss of, you know, for me, it is the loss of a child, but I think for some other people, it could be a loss of a job or a loss of a a certain thing that has happened in their life that they were attached to. And I think the neurological perspective of grief and how that kind of processes can be in various ways. So um, maybe it's an emotional part, like where the amygdala is like, okay, it's responsible for the emotions that we process, but it can be active, like highly active during those times of the immediate grief, which is going to heighten like your fright and flight. It's going to really increase the, the sadness that you feel or maybe even anxiety and anger. And all of those things can affect the brain because when you're just going crazy it's like how do you process things and how do you really even think clearly which for me I think that's the part that really struck me with grief and brain is because my cognitive function was like zero um it it was almost like I had to retrain my brain to think I had to learn how to pack my clothes again I had to learn how to respond to text messages uh, I, there's still things I'm like, how do I do it? It's not that I don't know. I think it's just sometimes traumatic grief can really fog the brain to the point to where you have to, it, it, it's almost like it compacts and it compresses different things that have happened. So, and I think at the same time, it's like, okay, how do I express these emotions so that it promotes, um, like brain healing And what I have found is like for some people to have to express that, they almost feel dumb or stupid or what's wrong with me or 
Um, it's not even real. And so if you're listening and you go through that brain fog, um, especially after grief or a traumatic experience, it is real. And I think the more that you talk about it and the more that you bring awareness to it, the easier it is to kind of process because really, I mean, I think what we're looking for is how do we maintain and build new, what would it be? Um, mental sharpness. Like, how do we rejuvenate that? Because our brain is like a memory. I mean, it knows that it's there. We just have to get that brain back into shape. And I think some of that can come from how do we handle different stress responses? Like, and and identifying those responses, because if you think about overwhelm, anxiety, and just our day-to-day task, what does it affect? How you think, what you do, it affects your brain. I believe that's also tied to our brain health. And even, you know, when it comes to the different things that we eat or different things that we drink. So when you're going through a grieving experience, it's so easy to pile on the junk food, um, which affects your brain. It's super easy to not get enough sleep, which affects the brain. I mean, all the things that we do in our day to day life can contribute to poor brain health. But we don't think about that. We're like, oh, I'm just going through the brain fog. You know, I've, I've had an experience. But I really think, though, that if if we can pay attention and it's difficult sometimes because nobody wants to sit in their pain. Right. But I think that when you do or you're able to kind of sit in and you're able to figure out what that stress response is, then it can kind of help to negate a lot of these things. And I think that's where neuroplasticity comes in, because the brain can really um, adapt and it can reshape itself and. I even think that it can like reshape neuropathways so it can even enhance where you were before. So an example for me, like in my past life, I didn't work on brain health. Um, I didn't know to. I didn't know that the gut interacted with the brain and I didn't know that the things that I eat trigger different responses and putting toxins in the body and could keep me more foggy or, you know, it, 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 I, I just didn't know. So the more research I did and the more things that I figured out, like the microbiome, the mitochondria, all of those things affect your brain as well. So finding whole food ways to eat, you know, what are some whole foods, paying attention to the less than five ingredients or even like finding ways to meditate and to relax, to take time to not think about the pain or to even look at how I was dealing with my pain. Was it healthy? Was it not healthy? Um, But I think that it actually helped my brain in some ways. I'm sure there's still some damage that's done from other things, you know, just life and getting older and and whatnot. But I also think that um, the different things that I've used, such as like different somatic therapy or um, even just like how I treat myself, or the foods that I eat have probably helped me in more ways than I can even think about. Um, and Leanne, I'd be curious to see what you think about that. But I think too, like even just thinking about um, like getting out of the house and interacting with other people has helped my brain health when it comes to grief, because like I found that I was isolating and I would just sit on the couch or I would just roam around the house, but I wasn't doing anything but just sitting and thinking in my own head. So by sharing that information with other people, by talking about like 
how I wanted to heal or engaging like and going out and playing kickball in the community, making myself go out and paddleboard. And, and sometimes like to do those things, you have to find a reason to be held accountable. So maybe it's that you, you know, you find a friend that, or maybe it's even that you find a stranger that likes to do certain things. You're like, well, I want to do that where you can hold each other accountable. It sounds crazy, but it really happens, you know? And so just finding meaningful ways to set a routine during that hard grief journey is it could be going out and walking. That's huge for the brain because it, it it's a creativity that really helps to put your brain into a new thought process, even getting in the shower and listening to music. And I would take hour long showers. Um, no kidding. And it did something for me. Like it really made, it gave me new perspective. It, was kind of mind clearing. Um, and when we talk about brain health, like, you know, I'm not a brain specialist, but I know a brain fog and also know like through research, these are things that kind of helped, I believe in the healing process because um, I was able to find meaning. But when I sat with myself and I sat in my brain fog, it was almost like just a stagnant, you know, kind of like a stagnant state of being. And I think too, like everybody's journey is so different. And so what's going to be good for my brain may not be good for somebody else's brain. When we look at our overall brain health, I think that you have to prioritize it and really engage in activities that help the brain, whether it's by reading or like I said, getting outside, but getting out from where you are. It sounds easy when you're listening, you're like, oh, well, that sounds easy for you. No, 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 no. It's not easy. It's super hard. And it's actually training your brain to do those things. So even like um, meditating, like I would meditate on a certain verse in the Bible, or maybe I would meditate on because eating was a big thing for me. Like, how do I learn to eat? What do I want to eat? What is going to nourish my body? And so just taking those, you know, cues from myself to really sit down and dive into what is it that's going to make a difference for me? It, it's probably, I'll say it's take, been a, like a four to five year journey just to try to get where I need to be. But over, you know, the course of these last seven years, I can see a huge difference in my brain because I almost felt like this is how I felt for my entire body. If you've ever been scared and you're in that moment, like I was stuck in that and it just, it didn't leave my system. It didn't leave who I was for a good, probably four years. And then it, it did leave. It was almost like a miss, like something's missing because now I'm in this new state of having to adjust to the buzz of the trauma. Um, maybe that's a new thing to call it the trauma buzz brain, but it truly does affect you. And so I think the biggest thing about this is for those that are experiencing traumatic grief of whatever it is know that it's going to take healing time, know that there is nothing wrong with you when you experience these things that go on with the brain and that you do have control to make changes, but that if it doesn't happen in 30 days, you know, that's okay. It may take years, but keep plugging along. Even if it's that you're listening to music, you're reading a book, you're jogging, you're going for a walk, you're talking to friends, share it, speak it, um, keep searching. You know, I think the other thing too, is we think that, well, it helps somebody else is going to help me. I don't think so. I think that our brains are just as unique as we are and our thoughts and everything else too. So 
I would suggest just take care of your brain health by engaging in activities that really promote well-being, um, maybe some like cognitive engagement. And I would say pay attention to what you're putting in your body, because if you're wanting better brain health and you're filling yourself with toxins and sugar and junk and junk, even being the people that you listen to, because holy cow, that's a huge brain thing right there too. you know, how we process our thoughts. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even think about who we listen to. And I think the other big kicker with that is going to be pay attention. I say this all the time, pay attention to the tension. If there's tension, if there's, you know, going to the grocery store is going to cause you anxiety and stress. That's a brain trigger. That's a health trigger. Let somebody else go. There's so many different options today that you don't have to put yourself through that. So what are some ways that you can help to slow down that traumatic experience that is going to bring ease to your body, to your brain, and really work on your gut health? No, you're not alone. Find support groups. We've got, you know, people here that can help talk to you and reach out to other people who uh, work with these things every day, like Leanne, she's a brain health coach. And so how do you tie in um, learning from other people? And, you know, we think about it as, well, you know, she's a this or she's a that, but I think it's exploring what other people deal with, what other people go through, and then connecting them with how it applies to you yourself. Um, I think there's a lot of power in that. And plus, you can also learn other ways that you can, you know, probably help yourself beyond what you would think and plus carry that over to your family. I hope that resonates with somebody. I think, you know, part of my journey is kidneys and grief. And so trying to really focus on just the grief part has been a little bit of a challenge for me. So I hope that that will kind of um, resonate with someone and uh, that you know that you're not alone when you're looking at the grief brain and that is, is a real thing. Um, so yeah, work on your brain. And I, I want to hear like, if you've heard this, what are some things that have been beneficial to you or maybe even what are some things that we've talked about that you can carry on and practice during your day-to-day -day life? Um, if you don't have anything, then I just encourage you to take one thing that may impact you tomorrow, just one thing. Um, and start small, because when we look at making changes in our life, we think it's got to be something really huge or a lot of things and something as simple as getting out and taking a walk for 15 minutes can be a huge catalyst to health change. And that can be a huge catalyst to brain change and just your overall health. So that's what I got. I'm going to quit rambling because I feel like I'm talking in circles now. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. And we will now move over to our membership group. If you have not already joined it, please feel free. It's $7 a month. Tag all your friends and tell them to join us too. And uh, in the meantime, don't forget to like, subscribe, share. And don't forget to hit that notification bell so you get notified every time we put out a new podcast. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Like a bird Peace. in the sky.